Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And welcome to a brand new episode of... Winner, Gagnon! Yay! Yay! Chicks! And dicks! Chicks go, dicks go, chicks go, dicks! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do one of those soccer chants, but I can't. Because <laughs> we're talking about, what are we talking about today? We the are, book is called what? The book is called Winners, and we are all winners, by Danielle Steele. This is have the, you ever read a Danielle Steele no, before? this is the first Danielle Steele novel I have ever read, and is likely to be my last. I concur with that statement. <laughs> oh my god. Now, can I, tell, can I tell our listener about the history of this book? Please. Uh, Rachel gave this to me as a joke <laughs> because it has a skier on it and it says winners on it and I am an alpine ski coach. Yep. <laughs> so and a winner. You're naturally a winner. it took me naturally it only took me two years to read. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so wrong about the sport of skiing in general. <laughs> so, it was so hard to read for me. I was like, this is painful. So, um, yeah. So do you want to give us a synopsis? All right, let's do. As usual, our synopses come to us from the good people at Goodreads. One horrific chairlift accident leaves 17-year-old competitive skier Lily Thomas paralyzed. She must come to grips with the fact that she'll not only be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of her life, but will never fulfill her lifelong dream of winning Olympic gold. Meanwhile, her wealthy father, who has doted on Lily since her mother died when she was three, is devastated as he watches his only child lose all she once cherished and suffer through the arduous road to recovery. But just as all hopes seem lost, Lily meets Teddy, a young man even more badly injured than she, but is doggedly determined to live an enriching life. Danielle Steele is at her best in this powerful story of a father and daughter triumphing together over unthinkable tragedy, creating new lives for themselves, and providing hope for others along the way. If this is her best, I'm very scared to read another book. <laughs> and then you wrote your own synopsis <laughs> in the oh. book. <laughs> Yours goes like this. If you throw money at your problem, it becomes amazing. Here's hoping you're rich. <laughs> i think my synopsis is more accurate absolutely so uh full disclosure i was actually working with para athletes last weekend <laughs> for in skiing so i got to actually learn how uh what do they call them can you can you do me a favor and give us the description of a wheel what do they call it in the book okay all right so this is i am reading to you from the book now this is when lily finds out about the Paralympics for the first time ever. And we'll get to why that's weird. Yeah. But first, Lily watched the film as it came on. It explained about the Paralympics, which are a form of Olympics held right after the normal Olympics. <laughs> it's the name Olympic in the name, but whatever. <laughs> right after the normal Olympics, winter and summer, and in the same location. Only this was for physically impaired people with injuries such as hers. She watched coverage on several events and was suddenly mesmerized when she saw people downhill racing on skis, fitted with a seat and a device like a chair. 
It was called alpine skiing and looked fast and dangerous and exciting. The ski was a monoski in some instances or a pair of skis. And the poles had little skis on the tips for balance. And the skier sitting on the chair came down the run at full speed. It was an exciting event and didn't look easy to do. Okay. First of all, the normal Olympics is totally insulting to anyone who's in it. In a sit ski. And first of all, it's called a sit ski. I know. Just she so you know. refers, Danielle refers to it as a chair ski. Chair ski. For the it's entirety of the book. Oh, I know. I know. And it was just painful to read. And then a normal Olympics is called, it's the able-bodied Olympics. <laughs> able-bodied. They're able-bodied. And then for the sit skiers as well, like there's so many things that are wrong with this because she never fully describes how um, paralyzed she is at like what point. Like, you know, she can move her arms. But you don't so really know if she's got, like, they, torso movement, no, really? They actually, I think she does say where in the spine. I don't remember. And I'm not going to look it up. But she has – I think she can – I think she can move her torso. She yeah. just – she can't – I think she's paralyzed below the hips. Okay. But can I just describe her her character in general? So her character was on the U.S. national ski team, which for Danielle Steele is the – olympic u.s uh downhill team <laughs> okay so danielle Ski danielle danielle Steele refers to alpine racing as downhill racing which is an event which in is... alpine so, <laughs> yes. so when i read downhill i'm like oh she's a speed she's skier a speed. so she likes going like 130 kilometers an hour <laughs> but then i read, read it and i thought no i just don't think she knows anything about skiing uh, she doesn't know a single <laughs> no. thing about skiing i don't know if she's ever been skiing <laughs> Maybe she needs to watch the normal Olympics. <laughs> because they have all of the different disciplines of skiing, of alpine skiing, in the normal Olympics. So let me ask you a question. Yes. Is it possible for a 17-year-old to be on the U.S. Olympic team? Yes, it is. How often would that person train? Uh, they would be on skis probably 220 days. Like they, they would be training a lot. Yeah. So they wouldn't be going to high school, let's say most of the year and then going skiing for a, a couple of weekends here and there, and then taking off to Squaw Valley for two weeks to ski with an instructor. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the holiday is not a thing unless they're your you're fucking them <laughs> you're your boyfriend I guess like most so most high performance athletes at that stage if you're 17 you're probably going to be in an academy and sometimes yeah you and if she's in high school that's one thing but she'll be wanting like an NCAA scholarship so that she can actually still go on the national team so she would basically be like hunting for a scholarship but in that stage of the game like at that time of year if there was regular skiing and she was on the national team unless she was like we never found out if she was very good and she was on the national team. So she might have been taking a break because her coaches didn't want her on the national team at that point, or she was going to get booted off. So if she's not very good on the national team or she's a developing athlete, they can do some weeks at home. But to ski every other weekend doesn't make every, any sense. And to go skiing with your instructor, who is that's not a thing. It would be your coach. Right. Then that would be another thing altogether. So, yeah, yeah. I just I didn't. Yeah, there's, there's so many things where I was like, this, this. As soon as I started reading it, I'm like, well, this is what <laughs> So what Danielle Steele has done is she's created this character, Lily, who is essentially just a regular high school girl 
who's on her high school ski team. Like, that's what it sounds like to me when I read about Lily and her life. Yeah, and, she, and it's like they describe at one point like, oh, she put on the national team jacket because she had earned it and it was so much work. And it is a lot of work to be a high performance athlete. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Lily does not sound like it because it never goes also into the fact that she has dry land training and all these other things that and elements to her training that would have been happening on the side as well. Yeah. So no. on, on the day where it was that snowy, she could have gone skiing for fun, but she wouldn't have gone to train because it was a huge storm. And you don't ski race in storms. You well, go free no, skiing. Well, no, because on that day, she was she was going skiing with her instructor. Because every year, she and her dad go to Squaw Valley. And her dad hires her an instructor. Not a coach. An instructor. Oh. And maybe, they were I going guess she skiing. Could, I guess she could, like, if it were, like, a thing that she's done her whole life. Like, maybe she knows this dude and it's, like, a tradition. But... It still doesn't really jive very well because um, usually there would never, your dad would put you in race programs from you were like six, five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you would never meet an instructor or be in the situation <laughs> right. where you'd have an instructor at mid season. Yeah. Also, it's important to note her dad doesn't ski. Yes. Or he does, but he's not good yeah, at that's, it. <laughs> that happens. That does happen. Which, okay, fine. Whatever. So, so the book begins on this ski trip to Squaw. And there is a chairlift accident in which the cable snaps. Do you know the instances of cable snapping? I know of exactly one, and it was sabotage. I know of two, and the other one was clipped by a Navy jet that accidentally Whoa. flew through it in Europe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy mm. shit. Yeah, because there was one out in BC. Somebody just cut the cable. Yes, and that was while no one was on it. Yeah. So and this, that was a that was a gondola. That was a gondola. Yeah, it is impossible for this type of accident to happen. Yeah, just okay. First of all, these steel cables are like three inches wide. They're massive. Yeah, they're meant to for like a certain load, and these things are under under constant safety inspection. Yes, like a, so a chairlift can fall. It's not. It's not like it's a thread, and it's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And a chairlift, they can slide back. And so the, if I would understand if it was like unhooking or like another type of accident, but it, like a cable snapping is completely ridiculous. Yes. Like, you know, if you have uh, a detached chairlift, which is a chairlift, which kind of like detaches while it goes around, it slows down to pick you up and then reattaches itself onto the cable. Those have had accidents before. Yeah. This is not a thing. <laughs> no, this is not a thing. This cannot happen. Don't be afraid. So... The cable snaps, Lily falls, and she suffers this spinal injury. And she is now paralyzed from the waist down. And her father refuses to accept this and then proceeds to fly her all over the world to meet with different doctors, all of whom confirm what the doctor in Squaw said about yeah. Lily's injury, that it's complete. It cannot be reversed. You just have to accept it and build a new life. To be fair. This wheelchair. To be fair, it, like the father's line was actually more believable that he would do that because he's that obsessed. He lost his wife at a young time. Like his daughter is his life, yeah. right? So I get that. But that's but pretty we did fucking not... insulting yeah, <laughs> to but the we... doctor. Well, yes, to the doctor. And we do get to know a little bit about that doctor as well. And that night while she's treating Lily, her all, her whole family dies pretty much. <laughs> no, her husband dies. Her husband dies. Yeah, her yes. husband is also a doctor and is in a car accident and their son yeah. survives, but he dies. So... So, okay, 
So this woman is a neurosurgeon, very well regarded in her field, gives the dad some bad news he doesn't want to hear. He freaks out about it. He's a complete dick to her. Mm-hmm. But because she's such a good person, she's like, I get it. He, I, Nobody wants to hear bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of just sort of get on with their lives. They part waves after Lily and her father leave Squaw. And then you get more about the doctor, whose name I do not remember. <laughs> I don't know either. Sarah. Sure. Um, Sarah is struggling, rightfully so, uh, with uh, living without her husband. Yes. And I get that. It's awful and tragic and it rips a hole inside of you that will never be filled. Hmm. And her kids are, the older kids are like teenagers and they're having a rough time with it too. Yeah. But the thing, so. And the the younger one is oddly like kind of like stupidly innocent in the book. Like, Yeah. He's like. Oh, it's sad that daddy's gone, but I still love you, mommy, and I'm going to help you any way I can. And her oldest son, he's helpful, but then she's got these two middle kids who are fucking useless. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lay down the law, woman. You're their mother. But so she's struggling emotionally, which I totally get, but she's also struggling financially. Hmm. And I refuse to believe I know. That that's the case with this woman. And her husband was one of the top uh, anesthesiologists. Yes. Yes. So, oh my God, I read this so long ago. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, I remember good it. Good for you. Uh, no, thanks. So, like, there's no way that she can't make, she can't pay the bills. No. No, right? and I'm sure he had insurance. And I know that there was, like, something. But, like, yeah, she's, like, the financial aspect of things is, like, totally bullshit. Yeah, so that just like just irked me so much because it's such a big motivator for Sarah to then later accept this job that Lily's dad offers her because yeah. he basically writes her a blank check to come it work been, for him. You, you know, it would have been a better story had her husband been a total dick, driven them into debt, and she didn't know it. Right, and then and like yes, had like gambling yes. problems or something, oh and then God. she would have had to reconcile her own lack of trust in her ability to choose a faithful partner who would keep her informed yeah. versus like she's the, and then she, that would actually be a way better book. Yeah. That'd be a much more interesting story instead. So while Sarah's off being upset uh, and insolvent in Squaw Valley, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lily and Lily's in rehab for like a, a year or something like that. And while she's in rehab, her father conceives of this idea of a specialized rehab facility for children with back injury or spinal injuries i should say for chi- it's like a children's like hospital for, for difficult sp- spinal injuries essentially. yes because like the rehab facility that she- lily is at is amazing but it doesn't necessarily cater to kids um and so he no was- i think i think it, what it does is it caters to a certain age group but once they're 17 they're in an adult one so it like didn't doesn't cater to this like middle yeah of like kind of teens to transition into adulthood yeah anyway he wants to build a a rehab facility for kids and teenagers and because he has unlimited funds Mm -hmm. (laughs) he can throw gobs of money at this project i know right it's i don't know if this guy's like a coke brother or what but (laughs) (laughs) and that's pretty much the whole book is just him trying to put together this research facility and then Lily in rehab where she meets this guy Teddy and they're now BFFs and, and she finds that she finds it hard because her friends leave her and so on and so yeah. forth and because like, okay, they have different lives and like that I, I get, get that. that yeah totally 
Um, but then she makes other friends. Um, and that's all well and good. And Teddy's an artist and he loves typical shit and yeah, you know, they listen introduces to her to other things. And then, together. and then when she finds out about the Paralympics, she's all keen to go out with her instructor again. <laughs> yeah. So she contacts her coach and she's like, I want to, I want, <laughs> I want to do Alpine racing in the chair ski. Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's make that happen. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. <laughs> Actually, that could work that way because the national teams are all very well connected and they're all part of the same bodies usually. But her, so but her, her coach in Colorado is now her coach. Yeah, that would probably not happen unless she was so uh, like they, there can be independent coaches within a national team. It can happen. Um, Michaela Schifrin actually kind of has her own team. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she's her own team. Her own team she is. She actually is. And then everybody else has kind of the regular national team and she kind of hires her own people. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of politics involved in that, actually. So I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So technically, she could actually have her own coach, but for her to just call up this coach and be like, "Hey, hey," and they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm guessing he got paid pretty well by her father." If he was, I don't know. It's, it's impossible to understand how any of this stuff works because Daniel Steele doesn't know how it works. <laughs> no, no. And the fact of the matter is, like, I know stuff that Danielle Steele doesn't, and I'm assuming that she just thinks that people just pop over the parasite and coaches just forget the whole team because god knows that their I, coach well, i would... guess maybe coaching is just a, like a one-to-one thing <laughs> i don't yeah. know anyway yeah that's right yeah <laughs> so she starts learning how to chair ski mm. <laughs> while her dad continues to build this rehab facility which he will call the lily pad oh, and he god. yeah i know it's awful but he also is really adamantly against uh, this idea of her skiing again. So she kind of keeps it a secret at first. So I don't know how yes. this coach is getting paid, but. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sure. matter. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, she's a winner. It's all good. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Um, so while dad's trying to put this rehab facility together, he keeps courting Sarah to come to move to Colorado because that's where they are because he's finally admitted that she actually is but very she, good at her job exactly and she's like I can't move because and to his kids. credit to his credit he did actually apologize to her he did yes he turns a corner uh and becomes a very like the supportive dad that he was before and has accepted. and a financial supporter of the, her, everybody's research yes um so the dad so on the on the dad side of things he he phones up his buddy someone he hadn't spoken to in a while to sort of pitch him this idea about the rehab center yeah and, and this buddy is like oh you know what that's a great idea and dad's like well i want you to help me with this because apparently buddy is just good at business and buddy's like you know what? That sounds great. I'd be happy to. I'm not doing and much there's... anymore because I've gotten divorced and yeah. life is a meaningless wasteland. Yeah, his, the <laughs> weird side story of his friend is very strange. And then you find out that Buddy was about to kill himself. Yes. Like, had the gun in his mouth when the phone rang. Yes, he literally had a gun in his mouth <laughs> when the phone rang. And he was, like, writing a suicide note to his kids, essentially. Oh it was awful. God. So essentially, the lily pad has saved them all. It truly has. So while Dad and Buddy are now trying to find uh, people to work at the lily pad, Sarah provides them with the name of this 
other, a psychologist, psychologist, whose name I also don't remember. Let's call her Pam. (laughs) (laughs) And Pam has, uh, has survived breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Good for Pam. But that has taken its toll on Pam. And Pam also refuses to move to Colorado to help with the lily pad, but will, at Lake Sarah, will help them find staff members Mm. and will consult for this exorbitant fee that dad insists on paying them. So Buddy and Pam, Buddy starts getting, developing a crush on Pam, but Pam has given up on men and romance and love because... And I'm now reading to you from the book. You're too young to make a decision like that, Joe, that's Buddy, said quietly. This is, he he and Pam had been talking about her giving up on love. No, I'm not. I'm 38 years old. I've been married. It wasn't a success. I can't have kids. I have no reason to date. (laughs) Continuing. Men my age want children, unless they're divorced and already have them. And then they're either a mess or want more kids. Either way, they're not for me. Good God, lady. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't want kids. That's fine. But that's not, that doesn't preclude you from dating men. (laughs) No, no. I'm like, I'm just a baby maker. So because I don't want babies, I'm out. Right, that's all I'm good for. And since this cancer ravaged my reproductive system, no man could possibly want me. So I'm just going to take myself out of the equation. Yeah, because I mean, like, no man would ever want this because I'm useless biologically. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, wow, for a psychologist, you're, you're fucking... Fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you need to see someone. <laughs> story of course lily gets on the paralympic team because apparently that's real easy to do if Uh, she is good it is not that hard and then wins gold at the paralympics the following year yeah uh and sarah moves to colorado pam moves to colorado and then pam or sarah and dad and pam and joe admit that they have feelings for each other and Sarah, or Lily met Sarah's oldest son who goes to the University of Colorado now, and they're an item, and just everyone, it's one big happy mixed family. And except for Teddy. Teddy gets to get Except Teddy. for Teddy. Oh, no, but Teddy has like an art opening. Mm-hmm. He gets some kind of fancy scholarship. Mm-hmm. And Teddy's parents are assholes. Yep. But that's okay. So he kind of gets a new family. Yeah, he gets pseudo adopted, so it's fine. Yeah. Hmm. And everything, it's just, it's just so pat. Everything Mm -hmm. works out in the end. I mean, that's a romance novel mostly, so. But it's not usually this. I can't think of any other word than pat. It's not. It's just. Do you know what? Do you know what word I think of? What? Boring. (laughs) This book was boring. Yeah. (laughs) So very boring. Again, just throw all your monies at your problem and they become amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's all he does is because just buy people and buy people book. and buy people. Everything's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end. And mm-hmm. it just, 
Oh my god. And it's it's not a long book, but it fucking took me forever to get through. I know. And it's now you, now it took me two, it took you two years. It took me two years, and it usually <laughs> takes me an hour to read these yeah. things. Oh my god. Okay, I want to read to you just one more. Once, Is it from the book? Because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> once more from the book. Because I just, I mean, we complain about this a lot with other romance novels. It's very, um, it's very repetitive, very circular. And I think this really, Danielle Steele does a really good job of capturing that. <laughs> right. Okay, so this is somebody talking about the property that dad is going to buy to build the lily pad. It's an old spa. You can build anything you need, of course, from scratch, Steve said thoughtfully. We can design whatever you want and conceive of. You could get offered it a lot faster, though, if we could use an existing structure and adapt it to your needs rather than building from the ground up. And then he thought of something. Have you been out to La Vie Resort? Bill shook his head. Bill is dad. He'd never heard of it. I had and had no idea what it was. It was kind of a cool idea. It's called La Vie, but their motto is La Vie est belle. Life is beautiful. It was built by a Frenchman. I met him a couple of times. <laughs> he had a vision of a spa in the States, kind of like something in the Alps. I think he originally bought, thought about building it in Wyoming or Montana, but decided on Denver because it was easier to get to. It's a rambling place on 30 acres. Like the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and he spent a fortune on, on the structures. There are some gorgeous houses on it, big ones. He was intending for people to just come there and rest for an extended period of time. It was a fabulous spa, an enormous gym, some smaller houses, a good-sized office complex that doesn't look like one. I think he built it to house 50 or 60 guests at a time. And he wanted the spa and sports facilities to be a membership-only setup, like a health club for locals. It was a great idea, kind of nirvana in the mountains. He sank a bundle into it. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> oh my god like are you trying to sell it like it's almost like if you put it in like sleazy car salesman voice could you do that <laughs> i'll see what uh i don't know if i can actually maybe i won't <laughs> but you just like it, Man, it, let's let's see here yeah. we come down to bobby's bobby's has la vie la vie means belle belle is great great and beautiful i met him once he was a kind of the guy i liked him he's like you he know he's a guy now if you if you do this you know like we know it because if we had an existing structure it would be easier to sell this it would be really nice you can here on the sand can you adapt your writing style to be better. Oive. <laughs> what else can I say about this book? It's so bad. Mm -hmm. Like one of the worst, maybe. Um. Well, no, not the worst, but it's down there. It's down at the bottom. You know what? So it wasn't even the redundant writing because we've run across that before. For me, this book was just boring. The pacing was terrible. There was nothing happening. No, I never felt nothing. any tension. Nope. And I didn't feel any real sexual tension, even between the characters who liked one another. It was like, hey, are you going to see him again? Yeah, I'm going to see him again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because well, the psychologist <laughs> and the dude who was going to commit suicide end up hooking up. And it was just like, yeah, that was almost a more interesting story than the other ones. Well, he gets friends zoned hard. Yes. At one point. Because he's sort of like, 
because they spend a lot of time together and he essentially he's like i like you and she's like that's not what i'm looking for remember that whole thing about me giving up on love yeah for reasons and he's He's like, like yeah but i like you I mean, but he kind of accepts it for what it is, and then she comes around. Yeah, no, he doesn't that, push her. And honestly, that subplot was actually more interesting than anything else that went on in this book. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think any of it was really all together that interesting. No, um... <laughs> but I can tell you that the sit skiing thing, you can't end up on the Olympic team quite quickly if you're talented as a sit skier, because okay. there is one girl that they're looking at now on up here, mm-hmm. and she has been in a sit ski for last year and this year, and she's amazing, and everybody's like, yeah, we're just getting her experience because she's going to be on the team in a year. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So it can happen quickly, but just the re- the whole skiing thing. And granted, like I was on the teaching side, not the coaching side of things. I've never raced in my life. I'm afraid of the gates. But even I know that everything that she's written is stupid and wrong. You know what it is for me? It's the terminology. It's a fucking sitski. Look it up. Like it's not. <laughs> this, these things are not like look up Paralympics and look up yeah. like other forms like it's not yeah. called the normal olympics like that's so just, unbelievably insulting the fact because that these she... people live fairly normal lives yeah, totally but the fact that lily had never heard of the paralympics before that's impossible no, she would have known yeah it is impossible she would have known for sure so it, it sort of it seems like danielle Steele just found out about the paralympics yeah probably and it was we're like that would be a great book yeah. the world through like Daniel Steele, we're discovering the world through Lily's eyes as Daniel Steele discovers it for herself. Like, yeah, and oh, I there's find a that thing I, called Paralympics. I, I, oh, it's a chair on skis. It's called a chair ski, obviously. It's like, fuck, lady. And it's never mind the fact that this went through numerous drafts that other people read and then got fucking published. Hmm. So, and I think the odd thing also is, is as an athlete, you generally have very close uh, relationships with your coaches and your team. Like they talk to you every day. You see them more than you see your parents. Yeah. So where is like the coach in this? Like he doesn't see any of her in the hospital. He doesn't come like, like there's no, nobody visits. Like her. there's no, like, yeah, there's no, she has friends, but like no one from the professional ski world. Like as me as a coach, I would be there in a fucking heartbeat to make sure this person is okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no, she just gets dropped by everybody and she's warned like teddy tells her he's like your friend like you know you say this girl's your best friend well not anymore Hmm. and she refuses to believe it and and teddy is right he's like people are gonna look at you differently now because they think there's something wrong with you that you're broken Mm -hmm. in some way right and they can no longer you're not the same person you were before your accident and she gets dumped right after the accident too right which really does suck um so like from so weirdly she gets she has these in this teddy is this like really good insightful character but danielle Steele's just so stupid about everything else in this book i don't understand Mm -hmm. yeah yeah pretty much like she just she basically saw probably she was probably on a ski vacation or something (laughs) i'm assuming it's a she i and just you know, saw a sit skier and said, oh, there's a whole team like that. They train like that. And then decided to write a book without doing any research. I whatsoever. suppose so. Yeah. So this book has a 4.01 rating on Goodreads. Really? Yeah. How? I don't know. 
Okay, read me some reviews here. But we're not interested in the five-star reviews. No, we are not. (laughs) We're interested in the one-star reviews. Uh, So here's one from a woman who is a public librarian. Hmm. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Daniel Steele, yada, yada, yada. I get why people clamor for Steele's novels. Escapism, predictable, comforting plot, all loose ends tied up, but I can't fathom ever enjoying one myself. <laughs> There's the hallmark adage about writing show, don't tell. Steele, though, tells, tells, and tells. <laughs> right. She does. <laughs> it's a very unbalanced method of telling, though, as she allocates the same amount of time for Thanksgiving dinner's dessert serving as she does the one, one of the main character's acceptance of her spinal cord injury. Yeah, that is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the character development's a little lacking in this one. It's just like, oh, okay, I have this injury. Daddy, I have this injury. Just accept it. And he's the only one who's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Every once in a while, I come across a Daniel Steele book at the library, and I think, I should really give her books a try again. Maybe this one will be a winner. (laughs) This one is not a winner. (laughs) Truth be told, Daniel Steele hasn't had a winner in just about forever. (laughs) I'm not sure how Daniel Steele manages to create characters that excel at being vapid and boring, or how her editors let her get away with writing ridiculous things like, the lily pad worked. Oh, this woman is after my heart. So bad. <laughs> or oh he, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, that was a woman. Okay. Uh, okay, here's one more five-star review. Really disappointed with this novel. I believed at the beginning that I would genuinely enjoy it. The plot concept is good, but Daniel Steele was horrifically terrible at resolving it in the end. Mm-hmm. Everything fell into place too perfectly. Of course all the characters overcame their obstacles and ended up in terrific situations. The characters themselves were too fake and exaggerated. Loose ends tied themselves up perfectly. Yeah, like, but to be fair, that's what we read. A lot of people read romance novels for. So I'm not going to falter on that. Well, I think in the other novels you've read, like, yes, loose ends do get tied up and people do live happily ever after. But at least there's some incident there yeah, there's is like conflict with one exception. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed, agreed. There's always like there's something else going on. There's yeah, stuff happening, yeah. not just no. serving dessert and Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, I I agree, <laughs> I agree with you, but I just think that you know, like tying up loose ends is just the way that these. No, but work I out. I think the, the the criticism here is that there is no conflict. There's nothing. The only no, there is no conflict in this book. None. No. So basically, she gets into an accident, and everybody's just moving on, and that's fine. Right. The only the only obstacles are Bill, the dad, who has to just accept that Lily is paralyzed. Okay, he does that, gets on with his life. The hmm. um, neurosurgeon who can't let go of her dead husband, and then she finally clues into the fact that she needs to move out of that house and start a new chapter in her life because she moved to Squaw Valley for her husband and Mm -hmm. the life they built there was his life, not hers. Right. And can't, and now that she has an opportunity to build her own life, she doesn't want to take it because then she thinks that she'll give it. And like, to be fair, like, yeah, that would be hard, hard to do. Absolutely. It would be hard to do. But at the same time, like you, she's spiraling. Mm. 
She's sleeping in his clothes. Yeah. She's <laughs> not cleaning the house. She's not eating. Like, she is severely depressed. She is not dealing with this well. No, and I think that that is underplayed, actually, her mental health issues. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't understand why people like this book. Mm. <laughs> and I thought it would be an hilarious joke gift. And it was really just a joke. And it, and it really just backfired on you it because really you had did. to read it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No problem. So, hot or not? Not. <laughs> there's no there's no sex. There's no tension. It's boring. No. There's, like, I think... No, there's not even really kissing. No. There's no, nothing. There's nothing there. No. So, yeah. I don't... I, I, maybe someone holds someone's hand, someone's hand. I'm not really sure. Ooh, people go is. people go on dates, but there's no action. <laughs> no. I don't even describe the meals. I couldn't even get turned on by food. <laughs> and you love food. Mm, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you have anything else you want to add? No. <laughs> no. I would just like to say that the para-athletes that I was helping to coach the other week are absolutely amazing, though. So, because yeah. one of them got on ski or like a sit ski, she was on a sit ski after her accident and was on it within a year. And she was in an avalanche in Whoa. France Wow! and broke her back. And then the other one went off like a huge, uh, jump that they misinterpreted and crunched themselves. And she's on a sit ski within a year. Mm-hmm. And they're just both amazing people. And the other one was actually in a skydiving accident. Oh, my God. I yeah. knew a guy who was in a skydiving accident. And she actually is one of the first people to tell her, like, tell you that she, it was her fault. She really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So all of these women were absolutely fantastic and amazing people and just a great sense of humor and just a pleasure to be around in general. So they're, like, super solid. So I have a couple of their numbers because we're going to get together at some point. Awesome. So. That's so – everybody, do yourselves a favor and just, like – Look up Paralympics. Yeah, Educate watch it. Because honestly, it's quite it. amazing. The sit yeah. skiing is unbelievable, especially in speed events like downhill. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it is really quite amazing what these things do. And it's it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, right. that's that's my theme. To come out on, on top of things in a positive right. manner, go <laughs> check out note. and support your local para teams. Wonderful. And with no further ado. Oh, and this book has nothing to do and has no realism about alpine skiing whatsoever. Right. So and chairlifts are quite safe. Yes. <laughs> Maybe just educate yourself in general about skiing and then do yourselves a favor and educate yourselves about the Paralympics and sit skiers. Yeah. And then after that, you can go watch the normal Olympics. Fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> oh my god okay i think i want to like buy this book for one of these women in, a, in the sitski because they would piss themselves laughing oh, i was going up on the chairlift with this one girl and she was uh so i was like oh i really want to try one actually but i'm really intimidated and she turned and she goes why because you don't want to end up like us and i was like oh my god no. <laughs> oh damn like no just because i don't know how to stop but... <laughs> right that would be my just fall over i don't I know. know i know i know <laughs> So, oh, it was pretty funny, yeah. And I felt like, yeah, just just classic. Yeah, nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, so I guess I'll end it there. Mm -hmm. So 
I got nothing. I got nothing else. Yep. So until next time, I've been Rachel. And I've been Shelly. And keep it sexy. In the best possible and least boring way you possibly can. (laughs) Moment of silence, please. (laughs) (laughs) Silence, Rachel. Shh.